Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, which is powerful, active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. Your word shall not return unto you void, but it shall accomplish every purpose for which it sent this morning. We receive your word with meekness, the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. I'm teaching about vision, and I would like to conclude on this series I would say prematurely because there's a long book I've already written out. But the Lord says I need to begin to wrap it up. So I'm moving towards concluding for this particular year. And we'll continue next year and cover more areas about vision. So I hope you're ready for the conclusion. Amen. Somebody say vision. And we read in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 to 3. And I want to read that text again. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Blessed be the word of the Lord this morning. And last week and the other two weeks we covered a lot of aspects of this verse and I will not even dare Go back because of time, amen. But I just want to move as, as we concluded last week. We said that a season magnifies what was all along there. A season does not invent, but it gives meaning and relevance to a purpose and a vision. Somebody say season. Seasons produce the right environment for the vision to flourish and to come forth. And I, I would encourage you to follow the writings of my friend and some of his tapes on Monday evenings. Brendan Bailey writes a lot in this particular area as he talks about gifts and seasons, how gifts are manifested in their seasons. Is somebody following? But the conclusion of that verse that we read this morning says that though it tarries, somebody say, though it tarries, it will surely come to pass. It will not lie. In the end, it will speak and it will not tarry. What a contradicting verse. It says it will not tarry. I mean, it says though it tarries, but it will not tarry. What a conundrum. Though it tarries, it will not tarry. In other words, it may seem to you that it is tearing, but by the time it comes to fulfillment, you will even forget that it ever delayed. It's only delaying in your eyes. But in the eyes of God, it's on time. In the eyes of God, it's coming to fruition at the right time. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Therefore, God will put you through a process to test your commitment towards the vision. Sometimes the commitment of members is tested when the vision seems to delay. Like they promised us this, the pastor said this, and you don't seem to see it. The Bible says where there is no vision, people lose constraint, people perish, people stop losing their discipline and commitment when they don't seem to see the vision clearly. It causes people to lose their commitment, but it is a test of your resilience. It is a test of your resolution that you want to be part of that particular vision. Is, here, is somebody hearing me this morning? Therefore, processes prepare us for the promise. And as, as Oprah and Ruth are displaying this in the book of Ruth, where you see Oprah letting go of the promise, but where you see Ruth holding on to the promise, irrespective of the delay, and you see how Ruth was rewarded in the end. Sometimes the vision will question you whether you want to follow it or not. As Naomi was telling them to leave her alone, it was a test of their resoluteness. It was a test of whether do they really want this thing. Whether do they really want to move forward. And Oprah chose to move backwards. But Ruth chose to hang on to the vision. And in the end she was rewarded. And I can even see Oprah when she hears of what Ruth has become. She would say, I wish I held on. I wish I continued with the vision. And I never gave up on the way. Is somebody hearing me this morning? As I want to teach this morning about the five or the seven enemies of a vision. The seven enemies of a vision. 
But before I do that, I want to talk about different types of runners in, in passing. That as God establishes a vision, and by the way, this is a vision as far as a church is concerned. Sometimes some of the concepts we share are applicable in business, but most of the things that I'm sharing is as far as a church is concerned. Is somebody hearing me? That God in a church or in a vision or a ministry, he will raise a Moses. But around Moses, there will be Ur and there will be Aaron, the type of Ur and Aaron officers that are around Moses in order to help him focus on the vision and keep his hands lifted up. But on top of that, you will have the Joshua's. Somebody say Joshua's. That are on the ground, that are fighting the battle, that are carrying out the vision. And listen to me, we cannot all be Joshua's. Neither can we all be Moses's in a vision. You got to know the position that God has chosen for you to play in every vision. Sometimes in a particular season of your life, God has called you to be a Joshua. And in another season, God makes you a Moses. But whilst you are a Joshua, play the role of a Joshua. And do not try to play the role of Moses. Neither should you try and play the role of Joshua when you are Moses. Because you confuse the people. But God will also appoint Aaron's and Hur's around Moses in order to help carry his hands. Is somebody hearing me? I'm saying to you, not all of us are meant to preach. Not all of us. Not all of us are supposed to necessarily come to the podium. Where you are is very important. Joshua was not on the mountain where it was hot. It was, he was not on the mountain where the hands were being lifted up. The Bible says in Exodus 17, as long as Moses' hands were lifted... Joshua was winning the battle. We cannot all be lifting up battle hands on the mountain. Some of us have to go and fight the battles. In other words, there are certain things the pastor does not even need to hear about. The pastor does not even need to know about the squabbles that are happening inside a church. You, Joshua, sort those squabbles out. You, Joshua, deal with those who are fighting the church. You, Joshua, deal with whoever is causing trouble in the church. Let Moses focus on the mountain. Because once Moses comes down, you have no covering. And therefore, in a vision, know what is your role for that particular season. And sometimes, like I said, your role is not permanent in life. It is a reflection of the season within which you find yourself. And sometimes you can be anointed but not appointed, but you wait for your time. When God says it's your time, nobody's going to stop you. Not even your pastor, my sister. Not even your priest can stand on the way of God. Can, can I talk about the enemies of a vision? I was just passing by. So today I want to teach. I'm judging you from this. I wish I had more time. So if it's beyond lifetime, I'm going to continue because I have to wrap this up. The seven enemies of a vision. Number one, distractions. Distractions. Somebody say distractions. And there are three types of distractions. Number one is glory. And number two is gold. And number three is girls. Distractions of a vision. I'm judging you from this. God would call a man, anointed, anoint him with power and grace. And such a powerful move of God would move. But unless the man of God and the people around him and the people that work with him are aware of what we call distractions, that which was so beautiful and glorious, in few years' time, it becomes a has-been. They used to be anointed. The presence of God used to move amongst them. God used to touch so many people. How many ministries around us are, are today has been? They are literally shells of his glory, but the glory has already left. And they are operating on experience because experience can run a church. Experience can put systems in place that grows a church without glory. 
And therefore God says, be aware of these enemies of a vision. And you intercessors and you watchmen who sit on the walls. By the way, as I talk about Moses and as I talk about Joshua, as I talk about Huls and Aarons, some of these people are intercessors that you will never even get to know. By the way, if you are a true intercessor, the church will not even know about you. The church won't even know about the dreams that you are having. You don't have to go around and tell people what the Lord has shown you. The Lord shows you things in privacy so that you begin to deal with those things and finish them before they show up in church. An intercessor who talks too much is a gossiper in disguise of an intercessor. That's not God. That's a gossip. When God shows you things, you deal with them in prayer. That's why he shows you because he trusts your knees. He doesn't trust your mouth. He trusts your knees. In the privacy of privacies, you are able to deal with devils before they show up in a church. You are a watchman of the glory of God in the church. You are jealous of the anointing. You are jealous of the altar. Nothing comes close to the altar when you are watching the altar. I'm teaching this morning. Number one, Destruction. I'm talking about the seven enemies. And the first one is destruction. The number one destruction is the quest for glory. Our quest for glory should never exceed our thirst for his glory. I want to repeat that statement. I think it's there on the screen. Our quest for glory should never exceed our thirst for his glory. As Shamayab and church, we should never try and outdo other churches and try and be a spectacular. And forget his glory, wanting our own glory. When pastors are willing to pay the ultimate price for power and faith. members Because I'm tired of being 400 members. A thirst that no one can ever quench. You are looking for glory. This is what has happened to a lot of churches where they even abandon their core doctrine and begin to teach strange things because they know that these strange things will attract people. They know that the teachings of Christ Jesus are not attractive to the world. Truth is not attractive to a lot of people. The Bible says there is a way, there is a wide, one that is broad, and it leads to hell. And there's one that is narrow, it leads to heaven. That's why in true churches, you don't find the multitudes and the crowds that you find in places where there's deception. Where there's deception, you find a lot of multitudes. But where the truth is being told, few remain and few are committed. And God says we should watch ourselves. And I want you to record this tape. You can even remind me if I go astray as a pastor. That we should watch ourselves. We must never be after numbers more than we are after souls. We must go after souls. And God must remain at the center of this church at all times. Or else we shall become what we call the Igabod church where the glory has departed, where the ark has been captured, where the glory has departed and the ark has departed. I mean, the ark has been captured. Never let us be captured. And I'm speaking to my fellow pastors. We must never allow ourselves to be captured. Never allow the ark of the Lord to be captured. The glory must remain in this place. Prayer and fasting must not cease. Prayer and fasting must continue to be the order of the day to guard the glory of God in this place. Number two enemy of destructions, or number two destructions, sorry. Gold. Somebody say gold. Gehazi became greedy and wanted gold prematurely and missed the anointing. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, he wanted gold 
He, he, he saw the opportunity to make himself rich with the work of God. To make himself rich with the anointing. To make himself rich with the grace that was around the man of God. In other words, he was making money around the man of God. And he thought the man of God does not see it. And he missed the anointing that was supposed to be passed over his life because of greed for gold. Elisha had to ask him a question. Is it time for these things, Gehazi? Is it time for us to be rich? Is it time for us to enrich ourselves? Where pastors cease to teach the true word of God and they begin. My teaching today cuts across pastors all the way to the last member. So don't think I'm talking to pastors alone. Wait until the last point. I'm coming for you. I, I, I pray you hear the word of God this morning. The sons of Eli became so greedy to a point where they started to eat the offerings before they were even put on the altar. Where the pastor begins to call people and say, don't, don't, don't offer to the church, just offer to me. Offer to me. Here's my bank account. Uh, the Lord says we must give. Uh, Busi, that says the Lord uh, that tomorrow <laughs> you must put 2,000 in my account and here's the account. And, and you see this happening in churches where it's no longer about the glory of God. It's no longer about the calling. It's about ourselves and the feeding of our families. Not to say that men of God should never be taken care of, but we should never reach a point where we are so greedy for gold and we begin to manipulate scriptures in order to enrich ourselves. And that's when God begins to pull out. That's when glory begins to step back and you remain with your systems and your buildings. Glory is gone. Number three, destruction. Girls. Easy girls. And these are sana. Delilah was Samson's ultimate destruction. Where there's an anointing, there is attraction of girls. I want to repeat that. Where there's anointing, girls are attracted also. I don't know what is it about girls and anointing. And they just want to be where the anointing is. And unfortunately, the two don't mix. You either have the anointing or the girls. You can't have both. And we have to decide what do we want. Sufudan gathar. But the two cannot mix. And Samson is, is an attestation to this. He's a testimony to this, how he lost the anointing that God had placed upon his life. It took just a girl. By the way, when you study the whole issue of, of, of Delilah, Bishop, Delilah was not the first woman. So, in this particular area. It's just that West 3 uber dangerous. He had a Philistine wife that the parents did not approve. And on his way to Delilah, he met a prostitute and he had her as well. So this man had issues with women. But this time he met his fatal blow. In other words, as a man of God, as a child of God, this is not just for men of God, but as a child of God, you will meet that fatal blow. In other words, the first one might have been a safe issue. The second one, you may have been spared. But there is this one. I'm saying there is this one. This particular one that will finish you. And she's sent from hell. She is on assignment to make sure that the vision does not continue. That the deliverance of Philistines must not continue for generations. Your anointing has to be stopped on its track. And therefore God is speaking to us, not only to me, but my pastors, my leaders, and everyone in this church. We need to guard the anointing with jealousy, especially in this particular area. Look at David, how Bathsheba became a disturbance in his life. Look at the sons of Elias I mentioned earlier on, where they began to slip around even with the women in their own church. Umfundi siyakubiza ofisini. Ati yombona. 
Glory be to God. Or we have text and go 12 o'clock at the standards assist. As Kulege, Ngulungulutin Kulege Nawe, Cornenters and Bon Saison. And then for Mukulega, we have Biza going from this to a hotel. I mean, La Lelanganam, we are the Rat, who to hotel. Bagbizele hotel beso we are showing his eye on Bonufundis. A hotel. Beso we are booya complain. Booya, Pictali. Because hotels are not prayer rooms. There is a different kind of worship that is done in hotels. And there's Una Maya Makoras at Ulai La Pe Hotel. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Therefore, when some of us don't want to meet you, sisters, it's not because we hate you, but we are actually protecting you. Also, we are protecting the anointing that God has placed upon our lives. I said to you earlier on, we do see your beautiful pictures on Facebook. See, Saba look like a Saban should not comment. See, Zamu would clean a lender, but would make clean a lender. Eh, Sanbona got a Nibathe, Sanbona got But the anointing must be protected at all costs. It is for your own good that the anointing be protected. It is for your own good. Can I pass? Number two, enemy of the vision. Number two, enemy. I'm done with distractions. Complacency and fatigue. Complacency and fatigue. When we compare ourselves with others, especially those who are below us and think we have arrived, that's when a vision begins to die. When you begin to look below you, and I put it in inverted commas, below, because there's no one who's below you. It's a perception. They could be in another season that makes you think they are below you. But they might even be bigger than you. It's just that their season of bigness has not showed up yet. So you think you have made it as Shammai and Church. And you begin to relax and forget the bigger picture that God has placed in front of you. Complacency is an enemy to the progress of a vision. The enemy of success, Mas Mondu said years ago, is success itself. When you settle too soon for getting the bigger picture, when, when men are petting you on your back, like we've been petted on our backs, I don't even know what for. Because we are nowhere close to where God has called us. But hey, you guys, we like this. We like this about you. It is very nice to be petted on the back. But let not praises become a distraction of the view of the bigger picture where God is calling you to. You know very well where God has called you to. And when you see what you see, it must not make you settle down too soon. You should never get drunk of the praises of men too soon. You must run the race that is set before you. Everyone has a race that is set before them. We have our own race. And we are not running against anyone. We are running against ourselves. Because the day fish discover that they are wet is the end of their story. You must not discover and understand that you are big. Because your bigness will become a hindrance to you. Always look at yourself as someone who's small. As someone who's trying harder. And as someone who's reaching out to a bigger goal. I like what Apostle, Apostle Paul says. He says the following in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. I don't think I'll finish these seven points today. I wanted the last one. I wanted that last one. Number seven. Number seven. That number seven is called the elder brother mentality. I know. The elder brother mentality that stops churches from growing. And yes, and yes, I'm coming for you. Paul says, Paul says the following, glory be to God. Not that I've already attained or am I already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press 
excuse me. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I count it all forgotten. You count the last two years as if they were nothing. You count the last two years as if God has done nothing in this place. You begin to press like nothing has happened. Because the moment you begin to settle down, you will die too soon. What kept Nelson Mandela alive in jail was the vision he had inside of him. He had a vision and the vision kept him alive. We must never be oblivious of what God has placed in front of us and settle too soon. We must keep on pressing. We must do evangelism like a church that started yesterday. We must do community outreaches like a church that started yesterday. We must pray and fast like a church that is hungry for God. If we mean business in the kingdom of God. Enemy number three. But I want to do, do enemy number six. The elder brother mentality. Go to six there. There you go. Somebody said the elder brother mentality. This is an enemy to any vision, especially churches. And I want to talk about this, even if I stop here for today. I'll talk about the other enemies another day. This is quite problematic in churches. We cannot run a church like it's a company. Where it's about lasting, first out, procedures. Where it's about when uma figizolo uba no tuzo figala uzo shumaela tina kate si kona gulem konzo kate samba na lomfundis when uba no tuunga na lomfundis uba no when ustolesila gisokchela namtajenganiam. Elder brother mentality is what is killing churches today. The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of men. The things of God are not the things of men. That's why Jesus says the spirit moves any direction. He says the wind blows any direction and you neither know where the wind came from and where the wind is going. You can never comprehend spiritual things with your fleshly and carnal minds. I don't know why God would send certain men into our church and I don't know where they come from, but God would pick up certain people from wherever he picks them up. He would put them into, into this place for a reason and a purpose. And sometimes God brings a person who is already highly processed by God for a particular reason in this place. And those things only God can explain. The house of God must be led by God, not committees. I repeat what I just said. There is no executive that can decide spiritual things. Executive must decide buildings, operations, videos, people gathering, COVID-19 management, all of those things. But spiritual things are not for the executive. The moment an executive begins to run spiritual things, that, that's the end of the church. That's the end of the glory of God in any place. I'm Gashmael. I'm Gisabi executive. <laughs> Hallelujah. It should never be a matter of how much long one has been in a church compared to others when it comes to serving God. Because those things mean nothing in the spirit. The men, this mentality has stopped so many churches from growing, I said earlier on. People fighting over who should be close to the pastor and who should not be close to the pastor. Yeah. Elder brother mentality. People questioning how long have you been? You know, I've been to a church, ne? my church, my church that I still love, and I served the Lord in that place for 21 years. But when I was still like five years in that church, I used to be reminded, "Tina, since about 20 years, sila unga chakis boy, unga chakis boy, unga chakis." Since about 20 years, when we sat about five years, 
I remember how my pastor would instruct me to do certain things and I would do them without faith. And they would call me aside, but when when Why would Santa Lofundis? Why Jalomfundis my funeral we are hands and jal? Fanas slow down sometimes. I'm talking about the church. Why when Mfundis had to funny hundred thousand, we are nigger than G hundred thousand. Trina Salogus Funama 5,000. I'm buying the face of Mfundis. And I would say, guys, I don't understand what's your problem. This is a man of God. When he gives instructions, I obey the instructions. And I would tell them, no wonder I am blessed. My branch in that church used to be the most prosperous branch. The blessing of the Lord was forever on that branch. Because I would not have dissent upon what the man of God would say. I would not have an elder brother mentality. And, but now and again, I'm reminded to Pela, and this is what I want to warn even this church. And I'm not afraid to say it on TV. I'm warning this church. Elder brother mentality is a problem in churches. The criminal on the cross made it to heaven on the last minute of his life. He had never made a single offering, Pastor Tubutel. The criminal on the cross had never even tithed. He, as a matter of fact, he might even have been drunk on the cross. But he got born again on the cross and went straight to heaven. These are matters of God. We can never tell who should get into heaven and who should not get into heaven. If it was our choice, a lot of people would not make it to heaven. Thank God you are not God. Thank God I'm not God. Because some of the people you will find in heaven are not your favorites. And some of your favorites are not in heaven. This is God's kingdom. Therefore, the Bible speaks about the prodigal son as he returned. He had messed up everything that the father had given him. But the elder brother had a problem with that. The elder brother stood outside the gate. By the way, that story, go and study it, is the only story that has no conclusion in your Bible. The only story in your Bible without conclusion is that story. The Bible ends the story in the middle of nowhere. The father is still negotiating. Even today in your Bible, your father, the father is still negotiating for the elder brother to get in. He has not gotten in. Go, go read your Bible. The elder brother is still at the gate, even Namanj. For, for centuries upon centuries, the elder brother is still at the gate. He's refusing to get inside the house because he's angry why the dad is making a party for someone who has wasted so much. Because according to him, those who mess up, they must be punished. And they must be punished according to his own procedures. The elder brother. And if the father doesn't do what the elder brother says, the elder brother stays outside of the gate. He's not coming in. Read your Bible. He never went in the gate. So the party continued without him. He's still angry. He's sitting on the gate. What is prostitutes in Swatanga? I call them Dimbuzlo and they're mosquitoes. <laughs> Elder brother, I've been tithing all these years. But the pastor has never been to my home. But so also just came last week. Already pastor Elder brother mentality. And elder brothers are dangerous because they know all the corners of the church. They know the history of the church. They can easily destroy the church in minutes. They can set a fire like this because of the power they hold. Elder brothers are dangerous. They can tell you, Bishop, there's a story in the book of Kings. I wish I prepared it. The story speaks about a man of God. The first time the word man of God is mentioned is about that story. This man of God was so anointed of God 
He would do wonders. He would speak to kings. He would instruct. But God had told the man of God never to settle in that town. He must go give a word to the king and leave immediately. Now, there was another man of God who was backslidden. He heard that there's this powerful young man who just came to town. He then sent servants to go tell the man of God not to leave town until he has come by his house. And the man of God, the real man of God said, God has told me not to come to any home but to leave immediately after I speak to the king. Listen to this. The backslidden big brother, elder brother, man of God who is already backslidden lies to the man of God says, I saw a vision. The angel of the Lord came to me to tell you that you must come via my home. And the Bible says he lied. He lied. And the man of God who was supposed to leave town immediately because he hears from a reliable source called so-called a man of God. He begins to say, maybe the Lord forgot to speak to me. Maybe the Lord needed me to rest a bit. Let me go to his house as he's instructing. He disobeyed God because of a voice of an elder brother. And he went to the house of this man and ate. And he was not supposed to eat. And the Bible says he left the house of this backslidden elder brother man of God. And as he was going on his journey, a lion came. The lion did not touch the donkey where he was on. The donkey stood aside. The lion went for him, ripped him apart into pieces, and left him there. And not ate him, but left him dead. And the donkey stood by his corpse. And the lion did not touch the donkey. And the word was sent to the elder brother and said, hey, that man of God, we found him dead on the road. And the man said, oh, alas, he's dead because of me. I should not have stopped him. I lied to him and he listened to me. No wonder the Lord killed him. Listen to me. This is what Pastor Tubitella is teaching about. That sometimes we will find ourselves in disobedience of God trying to obey our elder brothers. And God will not spare us simply because it is our elder brother who spoke to us. God will deal with us for not listening to him. In other words, it's up to you who you want to listen to. Do you want to listen to elder brothers or do you want to listen to the voice of the Lord? Sometimes what elder brothers tell us is not what God is saying. Watch out for elder brothers. As much as I love them, if they are not in the spirit, don't take everything they say. Especially if it's against you moving with speed as far as the vision is concerned. If they're trying to slow you down, do not allow any voice of an elder brother to slow you down. But if they're pushing you towards the vision, let them push you. But if they're slowing you down, be careful. I've learned this in my own personal walk with God. How I would disobey elder brothers and follow the voice of God and I'll be blessed amongst my brothers and they would remain behind. Do not take any voice that is against the will of God. And if you are an elder brother here, I encourage you by the message of God. <laughs> Number one, repent. Repent! Before the face of the Lord moves away from you. May God use you to be a real elder brother. Someone who encourages people to do good and not evil. Someone who encourages people to build the work of God, not destroy it. Be a good elder brother. Have a spirit that wants to build and not to destroy the vision. Because you are an asset in this church. The reason why God has kept you for so many years and you are part of this vision for as long as the vision was around, it is because you, God relies on you. God believes in you. God knows that the vision is in good hands in you. But do not let the devil begin to speak decent into your heart and cause you to do things that are not good to the vision. Give God a hand this morning. I have to stop. Elder brother. Elder brother, would you mind to stand with me on your feet, wherever you are? May God protect this vision. May God surround this vision with fire. May the fire of God never cease to burn on this altar. 
Whatever it is that's an enemy to this vision, may it be removed. Whatever threat that it is, may it be removed. May God protect this vision. Day and night, may the angel of the Lord surround this vision. May God bring men and women of stature, sons with broad shoulders to help carry this vision. Father, we lay at the feet of Jesus this morning. And we thank you for the work that you have begun. And I thank you for every child of God that you have brought into this place. I thank you for the Arons. I thank you for the Hurts. I thank you for the Joshuas. I thank you for Moses. I thank you for everyone that has a place in this vision. And Lord, I thank you that you're opening our eyes to see what you have called us to do for this place and for this vision. May this vision flourish. May this vision multiply. May this vision reach higher and further. May this vision go to places where people are hungry for the word of God. May this vision be lifted up and the horn be filled with oil. In the name of Jesus. Let nothing stop this vision. And Lord, wherever we have wronged you, we pray that you forgive us. Wherever we have done some things against your kingdom or your word or your principles, we pray that you forgive us. We pray that you cleanse us with the blood of Jesus. And may the wind of the Spirit continue to propel us forward. That we shall not be hamstrung by any destruction. Be it glory, be it gold, be it girls. Let it not be part of this vision. May God keep our hearts pure. May God give us hearts of integrity. Men and women who fear God. Men and women who walk in integrity. And lift up the cross without any shame. May God protect this vision. In the name of Jesus. And Father, every family that is coming into this vision. May they experience so much blessing. May they experience so much favor. May they experience so much goodness. Let there be no one unemployed in this vision. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let your children prosper. Let your children find businesses. Let your children grow financially and materially. In the name of Jesus, let marriages be protected. Let marriages be strengthened. In the name of Jesus. There shall be marriages. Our single women shall be married. Our single men shall be married. There shall be marriages in this place. There shall be children in this place. Father, I pray that there be no barrenness amongst us. Couples that are married and desire to have children, I pray that their wombs be opened. I pray that they have children as they desire. Let there be no couple that does not have children. As they desire, let their desire be granted. For there shall be none barren amongst you. There shall be none barren amongst you. There shall be none barren amongst you. Even as this epidemic is continuing, let there be no one who passes away because of this epidemic. I speak the blood of Jesus upon every member of this vision. I surround them with the blood. Protect our members. Protect every subscriber. Protect every family that is under this shelter. Keep your eyes upon them. Let the angel of the Lord surround them. Day and night I pray. Surround them, oh God, with your presence and your glory. I pray that we not become an Ichabod church. Where the glory of the Lord has departed. Where the ark has been captured and we continue with experience alone. I pray that we stay at the feet of Jesus for many years to come. May we stay at the feet of Jesus and be true to the Lord and be true to the Spirit. We pray all of this, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the presence of God. We thank you for the glory of God. Begin to pray wherever you are. We thank you for the glory of God. We thank you for the glory of God in this place. Lives are being healed right now. Chains are being broken right now. 
bodies are being healed right now people are being strengthened right now in the name of Jesus the spirit of God is moving in this place the grace of God is sufficient for us thank you Father God thank you Father God thank you Father God thank you Father God the name of Jesus. Give food away. Give food away. Oh, give food away. When I go see me. Give food away now. I'll get Worship him with me. Give one away now. Give one away now. Give one away now. life lift up your hand at home I want to pray with you accept the Lord Jesus into your life if you're here lift up your hand I see a man at the back there with his hands lifted up oh oh else who say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior before we close the service. I know you're worshiping, but this time lift up your hand for accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Have them ashes. Come over. Don't be afraid. Give them a hand. God, wow. God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, man. Anybody this side? 
does this part for me all the time. Give a microphone, lead those people to the Lord. And those, those of you at home or in your office, wherever you are, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. As we make this prayer, make this prayer the sinner's prayer. Receive Jesus as the Lord of your life. Your life will never be the same again. Lead us, ma'am. Heavenly Father, I have heard your word. I have heard your word. And I am coming to you, Father God. And I am coming to you, Father God. I believe in my heart. Live in my heart. And I am saying with my mouth. And I'm saying with my mouth. That Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. He saved me. He saved me. And his blood. And his, and his blood, blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Cleanses me from all unrighteousness. I thank you, Father God. I thank, I thank you, Father you, Father God. I believe that from today. I believe that from today. I am a new creation. I am a new creation. I am your child, Lord. I am your child, Lord. The old is gone. The old is gone. And I'm living a new life, Lord. And I'm living a new life, Lord. Help me, Father God. Help me, Father God. Order my steps every day. Order my steps every day. I am now born again. I am now born again. again. Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give God a praise. Thank you. Thank you for making this bold step. Saying, I want Jesus in my life. Your life will never be the same again. And we thank God for every one of you. From now on, come to this place. Help, let us help you grow in your walk with God. And I thank you for coming. I want you to see that man, that the Mashiach. He will take you through all the steps that you need to follow in order to become a born again, fully fleshed child of God and full of the Spirit, walking in the ways of God, growing in Christ. Follow him as he goes out. Amen. Give them a hand. Amen. We love you at home. Thank you for joining us. Forgive us for taking long. We are back in church. We love to be here. That's why we're taking longer. But if you're still with us, thank you for following. See you again on Wednesday night. We have a prayer meeting in this place at 7 o'clock. And we continue to teach the word at half past 7. Join us this Wednesday. God bless you. Give them a hand. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And to the rest of the church, I want you to take your seats. As they come and give announcements, I trust that there is announcements. Amen.